Welcome everyone to the Fantasy Hockey Hacks podcast. I am your host, Bruce Gunther. Joining me tonight, we have Devin Davidson. Hello. Welcome, Devin. And joining us from the booming metropolis of Langham, John Enns. Hello. Booming. Ah, good one. <laughs> well, you know, it is growing, isn't it? Eh. Yeah. <laughs> sure. We'll sure. go with that. Metropolis is okay. a stretch, to say the least. <laughs> metropolis <laughs> is a stretch. Yeah. Well, you never know, right? It could be. One day. Uh, tonight is episode 139, fantasy preview for week six. Uh, we are going to start off the evening with one of our favorite topics here, John's list. John is going to go through, well, I guess it's news <laughs> go, for today. So go through. <laughs> What's that? Go through. Yeah. This <laughs> is painful. All right, John, take it away. I hate having to do this, but the Edmonton Oilers <laughs> and just the whole organization, you're on the list just for not knowing what the heck you're doing for the last 10 years. 10, 15. Longer than 20. That. 20, <laughs> 15. When did they trade Gretzky away? 88. <laughs> A long time ago. Like, it's, I it's guess like, they did They did win a Stanley Cup after they traded Gretzky away, but it wasn't shortly after that that it kind of, yeah. It just like it seems like everything that this organization does is just a dumpster fire, though. Basically. Yeah. I, I, I agree, John. Like, I feel bad for Woody, actually. This is not his yeah. fault. Yes. No. no um, it is not. I hate that they fired him and didn't let Holland go. Right? Mm-hmm. And we were talking about this off air. Like, Holland at this point, just he's just running up the clock. I think he knows his time yes. at Edmonton's done. Yeah. He's there. They don't want to pay him for nothing, so they're going to just let him continue to be the GM and, and sit there to do nothing. Yeah, exactly. And the nepotism, the nepotism in this organization, Bruce. I was just wondering if uh, if they would, uh, if Stales would have still been in the organization, if Holland would still be here today. Maybe not. Like, I wonder if part of the reason he left was, yeah, because they brought in Jeff Jackson. Like, is, is Jeff Jackson going to take over that role? Will he be president and GM? Is that the idea? I kind of like, oh, I'm, I'd like two separate people being the GM in hockey operations. I like the idea of having two separate people. I don't like the idea of one person having that much power. But I guess in the Oilers, it doesn't really matter. I don't think they it. kind of just do it. Yeah. Do whatever they want anyway. I, I just don't mess it up regardless. I'm looking at this and I, I so I don't know a ton about Chris Knobloch, but I looked at his profile. Don't know anything about him. And he's largely a, a WHL, OHL, and an AHL coach. He's got two years as an assistant coach for the Philadelphia Flyers from 2017 to 2019. Um, he's won an OHL title, a WHL title. He's won a silver medal with a World Junior Under 20 Team Canada, mm-hmm. and. Beyond that, like he's right now, he just came from Hartford in the HL, and now they're saying he's won at every level, and that's great. But he's not a veteran NHL head coach. No, no, you would have thought if they were going to do, they would have brought in. I would have thought they would have brought in a veteran coach that had some experience. Says if they want want these guys to go to the cup, you need someone that at least has got there or has has that experience. Well, I guess Coffee has that experience. He's been to several Stanley Cups and won several Stanley Cups, but. Uh, yikes! But again, when you, when you but again, like when coffee, yeah. Well, what, what are we doing hiring Paul Coffee as an assistant coach? Like I just, a like you said, Bruce, he doesn't want the job, and 
he he may be a Hall yeah. of Fame defenseman, but he's not a Hall of Fame coach. So I don't understand why we're just jamming this round peg into a square hole and saying good enough, right? Like, kills me. It absolutely kills me. And then the other thing too that we didn't mention about Chris Knobloch was that he was Connor McDavid's coach in junior for the Erie Otters. Yep. Yeah, for two two years, I think so. Two seasons, whatever it was. Like that. But. So so what? Like we we're bringing back the 2015 Erie Otters and hoping that they're going to win a championship. Like Erie didn't win a championship in 2015 in the OHL. So why are we trying to bring all those guys from that same roster and say? Do the Oilers have the right Strom, or do we? Is it the other bro- other Strom brother that played with Connor? Is the other one? It was Dylan. Was Strom, the other right? one? It was Dylan. Yeah. Oh, so we didn't have the right Strom anyway. So no, but we had yep. chances. I mean, like it's just. It, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. Gerard Gallant so what happens, was Gallant. So what not happens there? now? What's that? Was Gallant not available? <laughs> Maybe Gallant didn't want to go to this dumpster fire of a team. Maybe. I what happens? So this, they make the changes. So what happens now? If the next ten games they go two and eight or three and seven, are they going to throw Nublock and coffee under the bus, or what are they going to do? Like, oh no! At that point, they're just going to fire. That that's when they'll fire Ken Holland. Correct. And then they'll announce Jeff Jackson as president and GM of hockey operations. And, and even Jackson himself in the press conference said he's a long term. He's he's thinking out the long term. I I would just love to see what he's got on his plate if this season goes into the dumpster. I'd love to see what he's got in terms of a long long term plan going forward. Yeah. And whether it actually includes Connor or Leon. I'm guessing it would include Connor. May not include Leon. Depends on what they can get for each of them. But did you guys watch the game last night at all? Any of it? Oh yeah, yeah. I missed best it. game they have played all season by far. Yeah. Even though even the Calgary game, that is the best game they have played by far. Skinner looked good. Skinner made that one yeah. save early in that the first first period. save yeah. was yeah. Like that's the Amazing. save we haven't been getting all season long, right? Yeah. No, that's that's exactly it. He, Skinner looked good, to, and when uh, Seattle pushed in the third, the Oilers handled it well. Mm-hmm. They didn't fall apart or anything like that. It's Dylan Holloway looked great, even though he took four penalties. <laughs> but you know what? He's a young player, and that quite often happens right or wrong with young players. The The officials don't give them yeah. the benefit of the doubt, right? No. And that one penalty, I think the player fell down as opposed to him taking. But the thing is, he was he was there like when you... He was active. He was involved in the play. Like it's like if you took, if you watched the entire game and looked at how much time they said Holloway's name to where they said Connor's name or Leon's name, Holloway's name was mentioned a lot. Good and good and bad in terms of penalties, but but Holloway was very much engaged and he could have very easily had a Gordy Howe hat trick last night. Very easily. Yeah, I mean he he looked good. One one whiff away from a Gordy Howe hat trick. I think what, so. Eleven penalty minutes. He had a goal. He had one shot. Yeah, uh, I played thirteen oh five. So I, th- I think for Dylan Holloway, that's a game he can build off of a little bit. Probably Absolutely. the most noticeable. Like despite the lack of shot volume, that was the most noticeable game for him as an Edmonton Oilers this season. Um, Definitely, he was all over the front of the net. So if we can get more efforts like that from him, and just engaged, like he was physical, like you said, had a had that. I wouldn't really call it a fight. It was more of a. A, a bear hug match, but like, like still, he yeah. got into a bit of a scrap, right? With with Vince Dunn, yeah. um, that yeah. player talking about with um, who did he hit? I can't remember who it was. Uh, doesn't matter, but it really didn't do anything. He and and it it killed me because um, 
Oh, the boarding penalty. Yeah, and they're talking about, oh, like, I don't, you know, I don't like that hit from behind. He was, like, and eight feet away when he pushed him. It's like the guy dove into the boards. It like. wasn't even a push. He just, he basically just guided the guy into the glass. The guy fell over, and then Derek. From six feet away. Like, by the time Holloway hit him, the guy hit the boards. There was, like, four feet of clearance between the two guys. Yeah, and then, and then. Like, he didn't even follow him into the board. And then he Derek. pushed him. And then Derek Ryan's knee, fine. Derek Ryan's knee hit his head. <laughs> and then, yeah. and so that's, I think, what cut him. Because it wasn't it wasn't Holloway. anything to do with Holloway. So if you watch that playback, it was hilarious. But but anyway, Holloway played. Re- I thought Holloway played really well. Yeah, yeah. So that was really, good. Really that was well. encouraging. I mean, Zach Hyman, first pretty natural hat trick. What fantastic. can you say? That's that's that is that was just beautiful. What what he was able to do. Everybody's favorite children's author. Author. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it took me. It took me a second to like. What the hell? Oh yeah. It's like yeah. It took me a moment to remember that. So no, that was good. Um, I just, it sucks. I I really thought. Oh, and hey, shout out to Heavy Hockey because mm-hmm. yes, they're the ones that uh, the ones that broke the news that the, they were going to let uh, Woody go here after the road trip. And Manson, and the, and the word was Manson. too that they expected Ken Holland to be let go as well, but um, yeah. didn't come to fruition. So big shout out to Michael and to Dash because they've got they're obviously connected to some people inside the organization that um, providing some. Some accurate news. So that's the third story this year. I think they've broken. Um, the other one was was the Sam Gagne signing. They're pretty significant or pretty yeah. confident in that one. And then I can't remember the other story what it was. But anyway, they're doing great work over there. So no, great job, guys. You're yeah. doing awesome. Very nice. And then the other thing we talked about too. I, I don't know if you guys want to talk about it. Is, is Ross Colton? We did talk about it on Wednesday. That greasy hit. Uh, well, greasy or not, but whatever. I I, kinda, I just I added him to the list before the it was a the it was a out. weird hit because Colton was going one way and Hughes was going the other way. It was weird. Yeah, I just didn't like the timing on Colton's part because he kind of just waited till he was about two or three feet from the boards, and then he gave him kind of a just a stiff yeah. jab, and then so I mean, yeah, Luke Hughes has to be aware of that and prepare for the hit too. But I just didn't mm-hmm. like it from from Ross Colton. So, yep. I thought the funny part was is that. He puts the hit on Luz, he cut Hughes, he goes around the net, comes out, cross-checks Timo Meyer in the face, and he gets a fine for cross-checking Meyer in the face, but nothing for the hit on Luke Hughes. That's just typical NHL player safety yeah. right there. We'll, we'll pick something. <laughs> pick one. Yeah, yeah, one thing or the other thing, right? All right. Let's move on now to fantasy lock of the week here. Uh, this week, and when I took a look at this, I was kind of a little bit surprised at, uh, at the weekly stats, but... Uh, this week's fantasy lock of the week is Kyle Connor, left wing for the Winnipeg Jets. Oh, God, I almost said Vancouver. That would have been fun. <laughs> Yeesh. Uh, Connor had eight points this week, five goals and three assists in three games played. Three of those points came on the power play, where he averaged just under three minutes of uh, power play time on ice. That was uh, 58, 58.5% power play share. He had 16 shots on goal with an average time on ice of 18 minutes and 43 seconds. So. Nice little, uh, nice little week for Connor, Kyle Connor. That is, the other Connor McDavid didn't have that many points. He didn't get any points last night, actually. You know what? When that guy gets rolling, my fantasy roster is be very happy. But un- uh, until then, do. yeah, I'm kind of hoping it stays down there for a while. <laughs> well, you got dry side, so you got to hope that that need, train gets rolling. I need rolling Leon. Too. I need Leon and Evander to do. They took an assist away from Kane last night. I was a little upset about that. I heard that. Yeah, they made a. They made a, one of Hyman's goals unassisted. Where thought that Evander would have got a second assist, but oh well. Uh, honorable mention this goes week to uh, goes to 
Kyle's teammate, Mark Scheifele, who also had eight points this week. He had a goal and seven assists. Two of those points also came on the power play. Scheifele had 11 shots and was averaging 19 minutes and 32 seconds time on ice this week. Nice, uh, for him. nice turnaround to his numbers for the season. Definitely. Most definitely. We're going to move on to edge work now for week six, the segment where we give you the edge in your fantasy hockey leagues. Each week, the hacks will cover the NHL schedule, waiver wire targets that guide you to victory. All right, so we are now entering week six, and week six follows that familiar format. Uh, I guess, what do they call them? Not, not light nights, not light nights. <laughs> so we'll get uh, nine games Tuesday, nine games Thursday, and 13 games on Saturday. I guess it's full days on the schedule. Uh, the remaining games for feature five or fewer games. So optimizing will be uh, a big thing for this week. There are 45 games on the schedule with four light days. So we have got seven teams this week that play four games. Anaheim, surprise, surprise. Mm -hmm. Columbus, the Islanders, Pittsburgh, Seattle, St. Louis, and Vegas. Um, All those teams, Anaheim is the only club to play three of their four games on off nights, which I think is well established that the Ducks play pretty much on almost every off night, it would seem. And... Let's see here. The Islanders and the Kraken are the only other teams that play two of their four games on off nights. So uh, we do have one team here that does play one game this week, and that is the Rangers. I believe that is because that game is in Europe, if memory serves. They've got six days off here, I think, right? So someone had mentioned that um, Igor Shosturkin is kind of out now, day-to-day, whatever he's dealing with. Um, But he's going to have a chance to rest up here now. And they're kind of just rolling with Jonathan Quick and... Uh, Louis Domingue for the one game this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So got here. We got Monday, we got two games. Tuesday, we've got nine. Wednesday's got four. Thursday's nine. Friday is three. Saturday is 13. And Sunday is five. Uh, if you want to see the uh, complete list of uh, teams when they play, you can check our uh, show notes. I'm not going to read all 32 teams out this week. We'll include the transcript right. in the podcast notes, right? So it's either on the blog yeah. or just if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, all that information is going to be in the transcript. Thank you very much. Boom. Uh, sorry? I says boom. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll move on to waiver wire targets here for week six. Let's see. Devin's only picked up one. I think I've oh, yeah. only picked up one. I think what I've only heck? picked up one of these fours. Maybe all of these. I think I've only picked up one, but... Only picked up one. Well, Devin, you want to start off with the guy that you picked up? I sure do. Uh, and just for the record, I fully endorse all of these players. I just, you know, I, I, can't, I can't drop half my roster here. So, uh, Braden oh, Shen, could. though, I could. I could. And probably to some of your delight, but no, I'm not doing that. Uh, Braden Shen of the St. Louis Blues, center left wing eligible, rostered in 34% of Yahoo leagues and 51% of fan tracks. So, still widely available in most formats. A couple reasons why. The big one here, four games this week, Tampa, San Jose, L.A., and Anaheim. So at least two of those games, they should feast or you know put up some offense. Um, and the other thing here is that he's now playing on line two with Jordan Cairo and Brandon Saad, and he's got a prominent role on the top power play unit. So all things, obviously, in terms of deployment that you want uh, in a fantasy asset. And then to make things even better, he posted a hat trick and a four-point night on Saturday against Colorado. He now has eight points and five goals in his last four games. 
Uh, he also provides decent category coverage for hits if you're in a bangers league. Uh, 2.7 hits per game right now. And he also covers fa- uh, faceoff wins. Shot volume is a little bit of a concern for me at 1.6 shots on goal per game, but his career average is two. So we can expect uh, potentially some positive regression that way. But as long as he's putting up the points, this guy right now is a slam dunk. Go grab him at least for this week and potentially longer. What happened to Colorado last night? <laughs> like, holy crap, man. The blues lit him up like a Christmas tree. Like, Everybody's allowed to have a stinker, right? It hasn't been just one. They've been shut out four times in the past month. Yeah, somebody was mentioning that Gorgiev's really struggling, hey? Because I was watching, I got Bushnevich on one of my teams. He had a hat trick too. Two of them were shorthanded. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Yikes. <laughs> it's just wild. Um, 3.29 goals against average and an 887 save percentage for Alexander Gorgiev. Yeesh. No, that's not going to win you many games. No, not a deal. But this is also a guy that won 40 games last year and had a 919 save percentage. So um, I, I have to think they're going to improve. You know, another guy too is, is Devontae's has been quite quiet this year mm-hmm. like they've got a few players like that and well and they just lost Letkinen because that do you guys see that Letkinen going to the boards I missed it it looks like he took a full header into the boards like he's out he'll be out for a while yeah yep. well they said he'll be out for a while but he took it look he went head first into the boards just the way he bounced off of it it, it did not it looked it just was gnarly to watch well we wish him well I mean Absolutely. But yeah, they just, that team's going to get better. I can't see them falling off the map, Edmonton weather style here, but. No, no, I can't see it either. John, you want the next one or the, or the third one? Um, I am perfectly happy with taking the next one. Uh, Matthias McKelly. Shelly. Left winger is McKelly. Vermicelli. Left winger, yeah, left wing with Arizona, uh, 8% roster in Yahoo, uh, 47% fan tracks, three games this week. Dallas, Columbus, Winnipeg, uh, playing on that second line with Nick Bugstad and Lawson Kraus, also getting time on uh, second power play. Uh, Matias is on pace for 59 points with uh, 10 points and, well, two goals in 14 games so far this season. Um, He's shooting at a career best 6.6 shots on goal per 60, 1.6 a game. Um... His shooting percentage is down 8.7 versus 13.3 career average, uh, but we can expect that to uh, continue rolling in the proper direction here to to some degree at least. Um, second power play time, sure, it's, it limits his upside, but his deployment and recent production, it's well evened itself out, it seems. So, yeah, no, he's been doing really well. Widely available too, so yeah, give that guy a look. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of last year. He kind of just sneaks in under the radar. He's because he was the same way last season. He had a had a good season, but no one really talked about him. And probably Correct. being in Arizona had something to do about that too. But yeah, well, and I, I very, very sorry, Bruce. I was going to say I think too no. last season the big stories or the bigger stories were Clayton Keller and Barrett Hayden. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And this year too, they've got. A little bit of everyone, like when they have a blow, when they blow teams out, it's not usually the top two lines that score against the bottom two lines that score. Mm-hmm. They have, uh, I can't remember the kid's name. We just quickly bring it up here. Arizona. It is Michael Carson. 
okay. Car, yeah, Carcone, yeah. Carcone, has also been going in spurts where he'll get two points here, a few points there too. He plays on the, he's playing on the third line. But that's nice for Arizona. Get it, every, a little bit of everyone moving. Yes. Uh, let us move on to Mr. Cole Perfetti. He is rostered 4% in Yahoo and 50, 53% in fan tracks. He is playing on a line with Vladislav Nemestikov. Nemestikov. Can't pronounce Russian names at all. And Nikolai Ehlers. Uh, he's got a spot on power play one as well. That is fantastic. So he's a uh, Perfetti's locked down a spot in the top six here for the Jets, and he is taking a full advantage of it. He has got 11 points and four, go- four goals in 14 games so far this season. It's a nice 64 point pace. Uh, his shooting percentage is at 13.8%, which is a little, a uh, little above his uh, career average, which I think is just a shade under 10%. 85% IPP and a career best 8.9 shots on goal per 60. So let's ride that production while you can. He's been nice and consistent with points in eight of his last nine. Yeah, he has for sure. And the guy's got pedigree, right? He's a top 10 pick two years ago, three years ago. Um, he's getting that deployment. I, I like him, but I just, like I said, the, the, the ish is iffy, Bruce, for sure. Yeah, it's definitely inflated because it's, I think when I was looking it up here, it was, he's usually right around 9% is where he hovers between. Yeah. So it's definitely, it's definitely high, but. But he's shooting the puck more too, as, right? So he's shooting the puck more, yes. he's converting him more chances. But the other thing too that's definitely not sustainable is that IPP at 85%. Um, like that's Connor McDavid no, level. Mm-hmm. So. Although like, so you look at IPP is 85% last year was 714 the year before that, it was eighty-seven point five. But how many games did he play? He only played. He only played eighteen games, right? So, yeah, like small small sample sizes. We're still talking about a career of just eighty-three games here in the NHL. So, um, yeah. But just over time, like you, you can't expect that number to continue. Like he's he's going to be closer to somewhere around seventy to seventy-five percent. Seventy-six percent is kind of where you see top-level players. So, yeah. But that's okay. Uh, yeah, and he's filling in nice, right? So. Filling in for an injured player, so someone need, they needed someone to take that spot on the top line, and he is uh he's jumped right in and taken the bull by the horns, and away he went. Well, and, and I think Bruce, he's probably not going to give it back. Like we're talking about Gabe Velarde here as the injured player, right? Yeah, um, yeah. I don't think uh, if Perfetti keeps playing this way, Velarde's not getting his spot back. No, he'll get power play two, and he'll be playing second or third yeah. line, right? Definitely, most definitely. Who wants the next guy on the list? Nobody, but. <laughs> But I can take it, Bruce, if you'd like. All right, go for it. All right, so Nazem Kadri, uh, yeah, for the Calgary Flames, center eligible, forty six percent rostered in Yahoo, sixty six in Fantrax, three games on the docket this week, playing on that second line with Connor Zeri and Yegor Sharangovich, as well as on power play one. I don't love the line mates here as much, um, but he started to turn his season around. So he's got seven points and two goals in his last five. And prior to this recent hot streak, he had just one point in eight games to start the year. So he was ice cold. Yeah. I saw this guy on the wire in a lot of different leagues, but they don't have a ton of talent in Calgary, quite honestly. And he's playing big Nobody minutes, right? Both at even yeah. strength and on the power play. Uh, shot volume's great. He's always been a good volume shooter. 3.2 shots on goal per game, 10.6 shots on goal per 60. And the underlying numbers actually um, suggest more positive regression could be coming. So a 7.7 team even strength shooting percentage with him on the ice, 
a 4.8 individual shooting percentage, a 67% IPP, and just one of his six assists um, are of the secondary assist variety. So largely primary assists, which is always encouraging and would also just indicate that we're probably going to see a few more of those lucky bounces occur in the coming games as well. Yep. You should share some lucky bounces with Huberto. Oh, my God. <laughs> many, many lucky bounces. Well, yeah, because he was on the bench for the whole third period the other day, wasn't he? He was. Yes, he was. That's, uh, yeah, his, not, his head not, was down. He was, He's checked out. Have you guys ever seen anything like that before, though, where a player has just completely fallen off the map from one year to the next? Not as hard. Not that. Not as hard as that. No, if that's. Hey, he was. I would have thought this year would have been a bounce back, like new coach and stuff like that. And it just not the case. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they might have to try giving him away in the off season if he can't pull his stuff together. Like Calgary is definitely not a fit. But well, it sounds like they're going to yeah, start this, dismantling this it, up. right? Yeah, but who's going to take that contract? If you if you, if if it's fifty percent, somebody's taking a chance on Huberto at fifty percent. Yeah, Philadelphia, Chicago, plenty of plenty of rosters out there that would be willing to do it. No, I guess that's true. Uh, next one on the list is Quentin Byfield. He is rostered forty two percent in Yahoo and sixty four percent in Fantrax. He's on line two with uh, Anze Kopitar and Adrian Kempe. Adrian Kempe. That should be line one. Line one. There you go. I can't, uh, see, I can't see Kopitar playing line two. <laughs> yeah, you never know. They they mix their lines up quite a bit. So, uh, Byfield's breaking out in a big way with 12 points, two goals in 13 games played this season. 76 point pace over 82 games. Better yet, Byfield's power play time has been steadily increasing. He hit a career high 50% power play share on Thursday night combined with a career-high 1.8 shots on goal per game at a 7.1 shots on goal per 60. There is very little to dislike about the 21-year-old game, 21-year-old's game at this moment. And you know what? I totally missed all that. I was like, why is everybody picking up Byfield? And then it's like, oh, yeah, I should have been looking at that, and I totally knew it. Granted, I was flat on my back sick. That's probably why I missed him. (laughs) The kid's crushing it. Yeah, he he's putting up good numbers and he's not playing a whole lot of minutes. I'm I'm sure that's going to arise, but right now he's playing less than 15 minutes a night. They're going to ease him into it. <laughs> yeah, like well, he's not getting a ton of time on the power play. Like if you look at it, he's just 33% power play share. Um but it's starting to creep up a little bit. He started like, you know, a few games ago he was down around 20% power play share and now you know, on the the ninth he was at 50% um, yesterday he was at 41% over four. Like he's, he's starting to creep up there. They're starting to trust him a little bit more. And if he continues that production, he's because there's opportunity, right? I think Arvidsson's still out. Um, yeah. so there's, someone's got to fill in uh, a role in the top six and on the top power play. Right? No, and he's, uh, and they're more than willing to give him the spot and he's, uh, he's earning it at the moment. But this is a problem for the Pacific division. Like having a guy like Quentin Byfield finally bust out like this, and the Kings look good. Cam Talbot looks fantastic. Well, didn't see. I didn't see that coming. I I called after it. Last I called year, it, Bruce. Last year in Ottawa, it's yeah, you Josh. did. <laughs> no, I think I was the I only like- one, maybe on this podcast. Well, maybe John, you're on with me. I don't know, but no, you hate Cam Talbot. Never mind. Uh, no, I was no, the only Tyler. one. Was I was Tyler. the only yeah. hack who was like, yeah, it's gonna happen. 
if it was anybody, it was Tyler because it definitely yeah. wasn't me because I dislike that guy. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. John, you want to take the next one? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, next on our list here, we have Tommy Novak with Nashville. Rostered 11% Yahoo, uh, 57% fan tracks. Two games this week, Anaheim, Chicago, playing online two with Kiefer Sherwood and Luke Evangelista. Uh, also gotten some PP1 time. Uh, the guy's just out here to prove that last year wasn't a fluke. Uh, last year he had, what, 43 points in 51 games, I believe. Um, he's on pace for 70 points, playing in the top six. And like I say, getting that power play time. Uh, Nashville has just the two games this week. But if you're looking for some help, then definitely I'd take a look here at Tommy. Uh, only thing is there are some concerns with his underlying numbers. His 23.1%-ish. Nice-ish. Yeah, it is. Slightly unsustainable, but it's still nice. Correct. Um, and the 67% secondary assist percentage. Um, but the guy's putting up solid numbers, so definitely I'd keep an eye on him for sure. He's been doing all right there in Nashville. They've uh, they've had their ups and downs. He's looked good though, and I think he like on pace for seventy points, like you said, John. Um, there's like that's great production for guys eleven percent rostered in Yahoo and still available in over forty percent in fan tracks. So the only thing is, it's and similar to Byfield. I don't know if we mentioned it, but just those two games right for the week. So that's that's really for me the only downside with either of those players. Um, but if you can swing it. And make it work within your schedule. There's production mm-hmm. to be had there. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of players that don't have a whole lot of games next week, our next guy. Is... Yeah. Surprise. <laughs> He's on a roll, but he only has one game next week. And that's uh, Mr. Al- Alexis Lafreniere for the New York Rangers. So they only have one game next week against New Jersey. I believe that game is played in Europe. So not a great time to grab him, but uh, the 22 year old is heated up nicely here with a. Uh, Five points and one goal in three games. Nine points, five goals in the past 13. So 57-point pace. So employment isn't up. ideal, but he's on. he's been on a heater here as of late. Uh, his ish is uh, up there as well. It's at 23%, so that's a bit of a concern. But uh, had a very pretty goal today from what I saw. So I missed that. A, I missed, I would, did he score today? Yeah. And you're very nice. Oh, very nice. I just we have a guest. We have a guest. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh no. Welcome, Tyler. Hey, buddy. Hi. How's it going? Good. Good to see you. Good. I sorry I'm late. Hey, it's all good. I actually didn't see that you were sitting there in the waiting room, and then I saw you typing in the notes here. So I was like, oh, figured. Yeah. There's Tyler. I figured you'd see me somewhere. Yeah. We saw you. Yeah. Hold on. I'm reading. It's like, did you go actually ahead. go to hockey tonight? Is that where you? Yeah, it was probably pretty stupid, but I don't have any more teeth really to lose. So, I mean, they're all, <laughs> they're all I get my stitches out tomorrow and um, everything's all wired together. So, so what's the problem? I put a cage on. Yep. I put a cage on. But Well, for the uh, heavy hockey showdown, I will probably be wearing a cage because I just want to avoid exactly what happened to you um, <laughs> like a week ago. So. I might take my cage off for that, but but yeah, <laughs> sticks sticks happen, man. man. Sticks, sticks happen. If full swings, they're the worst. Yeah, like it's the worst. This is gonna be like six months to try and put this back together, and probably I'm gonna have like one of those flipper things that I gotta stick in there. So 
it's not totally worth it, but wearing a cage after you haven't worn a cage, you're like basically your whole life is really, really difficult. So yeah, but you know what? I got a couple assists tonight. Hey, that a boy. That's good. Definitely didn't score well then. and no penalties and no, which yeah. <laughs> I, I was playing a little penalty. timid. I'm you're like Zach Cassidy <laughs> after you got knocked out and you're like, I, I'm yeah. just going to coast for a while here. I don't want to get <laughs> yeah. punched in the face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. Slash one guy on my first shift just to know that I still got it, but yeah, that was about it. That a boy. Yeah. Obviously, the ref didn't catch it if he didn't get any penalty minutes, so that's good. No, I know the ref's pretty good. They were actually there last week when I got my teeth knocked out, so. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Jeez. We talked about it after. Oh, jeez. Well, hey, we're, we're glad you cool. jumped on. We're uh, definitely like we're just wrapping up Lafrenia here, and we're going to move on to defenseman, right, Bruce? We are. We're going to move on to defenseman next. I'd ask Tyler to do this, but I know he hasn't looked at the show notes yet. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll go to, we'll ask John to do the first one here. <laughs> All right. First defenseman we have on here is uh, from Minnesota, Brock Faber, rostered 5% Yahoo, 40% fan tracks. Two games this week, Ottawa and Toronto, playing on that first D pairing with Jonas Brodin. Um, 21 year old's been effective for the while, posting six points in 14 games including three points in the Wild's last four contests. Um, he offers some nice category coverage, uh, particularly in blocks, where he's averaging 1.8 a game. Uh, power play time leaves a little bit to be desired, but he's getting 23.5-ish minutes in a night, so um, the time on ice there, he's getting them shifts in. So, Got to get those shifts, it's, boys. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's definitely nice to help bump those numbers. He looks good. Um, and I think we were talking with, uh, was it Ryan on Wednesday? We were talking about Brock Faber, I think. He had brought him up as a player we should be focused on. So, And actually, to, to Tyler's yeah. disappointment, that was one of the players he said we should target in a trade for one of our superstars. But anyway, I won't, I won't digress any further. But Brock Faber, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for anyone that's not, yeah, you're not watching the video. But anyway, Tyler, sorry. I digress. But Brock Faber um, looks really good and playing top pairing minutes like he's gonna put up some points so looks good no and i guess he well they traded addison away right with spurgeon coming back and they didn't want to send Faber back down so that's kind of how they cleared space for everybody there yep yep Devin, you want to take the next one since i can't pronounce this guy's last name sure i i think we just talked about him recently and and you know, my apologies. We don't have a ton of defensemen to talk about this week. I, I don't know about you guys. If you have any other suggestions, but uh, Pavel Minchikov for the Anaheim Ducks, 55% rostered in Yahoo, 74% in fan tracks. But again, Anaheim, four games this week. He's playing on, I think it's the second pairing with Ilya Lubushkin, and he's running that power play unit for him. Uh, their power play is ranked 16th right now at 20.5%. Uh, he's on pace for 57 points with nine points and one goal in 13 games to date. It's actually pretty surprising. He's still available in 50% of Yahoo leagues. Uh, the production's there. The schedule's there. He's been fantastic. He's an absolute slam dunk in week six. So if he's still available in your league, go grab him and probably keep that guy for the remainder of the season unless you're in a shallow league, I would say. Yeah, definitely. Uh, some other honorable mentions that we have on here. Uh, Oliver ekman Larson. he's rostered 35%. He's had uh, four points, two goals in his last four games. Although his time could be running out, rumor is that Montour is going to start practicing next week. And Ekblad should be back shortly after that as after. well. So OEL's time on the power play could be coming to an end here fairly quickly. 
I just kind of watch and see how things play out there. Uh, another one is Eric Gustafson, 28% rostered. He's got five points, one goal in his last three games. Again, the Rangers only play once this coming week. So if you need a defenseman for one night, if he's still available, you could stream him for one night. And Tory Krug has arisen from the dead. He's rostered at 17%. Uh, he had what, one goal, three, four points in the last three games here. So he's a... Uh, He's risen from the dead and hopefully thinking about possibly retaking the first power play unit, although they had Perunovic yesterday quarterbacking the first power play unit. They seem to have lots of options, right? Whether it's Perunovic or Falk or Falk. Krug or even like if they're desperate, Pareko could probably handle some of that duty, right? But it's just... Um, I think they're just looking for someone to actually take the ball and run with it there, which no one has done yet there. So, Yes, Tyler, you, you can vape on here. That's fine. all right that is it for defensemen so we will move on to goaltenders first guy on the list here is connor ingram he does not play for the st louis blues i'm pretty sure it's the arizona coyotes probably update that hey Uh, (laughs) it says 18 percent rostered i hope that number is at least right uh with the exception of a poor start versus the kings on the 24th of october Ingram has not had a save percentage below 921 in any of his starts this season. Overall, Ingram is sporting a 4-1 record with a 919 save percentage and a 2.4 goals against average at the time of writing. He's actually playing better than Vimelka right now. So if you're looking for the goaltender to stream out of those two, I would say Ingram would be the one. I don't know if I would hold him, but definitely worth streaming. I don't think that any of the goaltenders we're recommending tonight are grab and hold type players these are all streaming options with with the exception of maybe one um particularly in like a dynasty format or keeper format but yeah it's he, yeah. he he's a streamer and he is playing considerably better than veggie milk right now so that's unfortunate for him definitely Devin, you want the next one you're good at russian names uh, yeah, I can cover that one for sure. Semyon Varlamov for the New York Islanders, rostered in 40% of Yahoo leagues, 38% of fan tracks, four games on the docket against Edmonton, Vancouver, Seattle, and Calgary. Um, at least three of those matchups, potentially all four, are going to be cakewalks. Let's see how the Edmonton Oilers continue after Saturday's win against Seattle. But um, some, some nice matchups there. And I think Varlamov, he's going to probably get two matchups this week, two games. Um, obviously, Sorokin's the guy there for the Islanders, but he's not going to play all four games. And 35-year-old Varlamov has been rock steady for the Isles this season. Um, I think he had a bit of a uh, rough start yesterday against Washington, if memory serves correctly. But um, prior to that, he had a 2-2-0 record with a 1.77 goals against average and a 9.50 save percentage. So he's turning back the clock a little bit. And against some easier competition, I think he's a really nice streaming option for Week 6. Most definitely. John, you want to take the next one? Uh, yeah, no, for sure. Uh, next we have Peter Kachetkov, uh, Carolina, roster 29% Yahoo. Uh, a couple games this week, Philadelphia-Pittsburgh. He's in a tandem role there uh, with Antti Ranta, with Freddie Anderson dealing with a blood clotting issue. Um. He posted a 4 nothing shutout over Tampa the other day, which was his fifth career shutout. Uh, he struggled a little bit so far this season uh, with a 
11 GA with an 878 save percentage. Uh, but Ranta has also struggled as well. So that does play into Kachetkov's favor. Um, so I guess with Saturday's performance, he may open the door for more starts going forward there for him. So, yeah, definitely got to keep an eye on. I'd venture a guess that he gets the next start over Rantov for shutting out Tampa. Although I think uh, from what I read about uh, Saturday's game is uh, Carolina was a little miffed about something and they were going to make sure that uh, they were going to give Tampa a pretty rough time. So, And they definitely did do that. So, Tyler, have you mm-hmm. opened the notes yet? Uh, no. <laughs> no, someone's shooting fireworks, fireworks out of, off here, oh. so I'm just going to mute myself and listen. Okay. I'm just going to listen. Okay. All right. Fair so, enough. Yeah, Devin, you want to take the last guy then on the on our list of goaltenders? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if it's even really worth mentioning at this point, but Magnus Hallberg for the Pittsburgh Penguins rostered in 7% of Yahoo, 9% of fan tracks, and again, four games on the schedule for them this week. Uh, he's a pretty clear-cut backup at this point. We know that Nedeljkovic is not playing currently so somebody's got to back up Tristan Jari uh, who was day-to-day so at the time of writing Tristan Jari was day-to-day with a swollen eye and we thought okay well Hallberg might make some sense as a streaming option in week six um, you know in three appearances he's got a 2.36 goals against a 925 save percentage um, he did get the starting nod at home Thursday against the Kings and he's looked pretty good the only issue now is of course that Jari returned on Saturday and posted a 4 nothing win over the Buffalo Sabres so do you have much interest in Hallberg or Helberg, sorry, at this point? Um, probably not, but, you know, if you get a spot start here, like if he gets to start against Columbus, uh, great, but then they've also got the Devils, the Hurricanes, and the Vegas Golden Knights this week, so um, if he doesn't get the start at Columbus, I probably have no interest in Helberg um, for week six. Correct. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense. Anybody else anyone want to add as a late addition to that, or is that... Tyler, who are you looking? At? I know you're. I know you're streaming. You're, you're you're just perusing the wire as we speak. <laughs> any, any goaltender options stick out to you there? Uh not goalie options, but Patrick Kane would. Okay, yeah, I dropped him for you. I thought <laughs> I thought you'd be waiting for him. So, thank you. Um, <laughs> somebody from Heavy Hockey was actually saying that uh, he should sign with Buffalo this week. So, okay, a two-year contract. Interesting. So, if he does, nice. Definitely worth. Definitely worth keeping around. So I think he's a nice option. If he could play with Tage Thompson and Jeff Skinner. He's gonna put up points. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he's not he's not washed up. So that's what he does. Yep. Yeah. I like that. And, and yeah, of course, shout out to Heavy Hockey. We were talking about them earlier, Tyler. And you you kind of missed that. So before we take off, Bruce, we should we should I because we want your thoughts, Tyler. Okay. Cause they're yeah. Should, yeah. <laughs> so give us your breakdown. Where do we even start? Well, we, we started <laughs> we started with John's list is where we started. So where do you want to start? Yeah. Well, the whole thing just seems amateur. Agreed. Like the whole thing. Yep. You could tell that like from the video of him and Manson walking off the ice in San Jose when he said, well, that's it. And Manson said, yep. Yep. And you can watch that a hundred times and 99 out of a hundred times, you're going to be like, yeah, that's exactly what they said. Mm -hmm. He knew. And I think I would... I would hope that the team told him because based on the way that he talked to spec. Oh, I loved it. In his interview. I love that. Yeah. That was awesome. And not, not just that, but when he was throwing out his record, um, and their like points percentage 
and um, brought up the looking day by day, the way that he just looked relieved. For sure. Like they, they had to have had a conversation. Where it comes to be like amateur hour is when Ken Holland, who clearly makes absolutely no decisions anymore, but they still trot him out there <laughs> as if he does. And then you, how could you not think to have the conversation beforehand that, hey, we're going to make it look like you still have any say here. Yep. So when somebody asks you something, don't answer half of it and then throw it off to the other guy who actually makes the decisions here <laughs> and say the exact opposite. Like, And then Paul Coffey, who's an idiot. Yep. Paul Coffey is an idiot. He has never coached. He's also a founder of a, a company that I don't really want to talk about right now. So that there might be some of that might be there, but <laughs> he's only coached his kid in like not even major junior, yep. like basically house league hockey in Ontario where millions of kids play. Yep. That's his extent of coaching. He's best friends with the owner. So you put the eyes and ears of the owner onto the bench with a coach, a head coach who's basically a puppet who coached McDavid and junior. If this doesn't work, where do you go from here? Like McDavid can't really leave because you, I don't think that he actually pushed for this. I think that they're doing this on their own. That's and what I we think said. They look like idiots, probably even to McDavid. Yep. They're doing this on their own, trying to lay the groundwork for, well, you can't leave because Jeff Jackson's here and you're, Junior coaches here, and Connor Brown's here, and we paid him way too much money, and he doesn't do anything. We brought you the Erie Otters. Like, why would you want to leave? Dry settle, you can't leave either because you just do whatever McDavid says. So, like, this has to work. But if it doesn't work, what do you do? Like, yeah. you just look like idiots. Like the whole press conference that didn't bad. seem inspiring in any way to anybody. Did you get the warm and fuzzies um, from Chris Knobloch at all, Tyler? Because I didn't. No. Like no, I, I, I didn't. I listened I, to him. Think, I'm way less confident. I think he'll be an okay coach. But when you do this without interviewing anybody, like the only person that's happy about this is Connor McDavid and Bob Stoffer. Those are the only two people. Like <laughs> Jay Woodcraft had the second best winning percentage. And I don't know if like the captain skates made any difference in it or what it was, but like if you look at the stats, they were the worst at their expected saves. Yep. They were the worst at their expected goals. So at some point this had to turn and maybe it was Seattle when like dry actually backchecked and uh, would dump the puck in and make a smart play and take a change and McDavid would do the same thing. Like, Nurse wasn't doing dumb stuff. I know everybody loves that when I say that. <laughs> he was, he looked competent. Like, players that didn't. But I think the players also knew, based on Woody's demeanor, that yep. it was over for him. And I think that, that that's why the play, the way that, like, that's why they played that way. So, like, do you everybody just looked. Yeah. So were they playing Tyler then to get the coach fired, do you think? Because that's really what, like, by all appearances, they were dog shit against San Jose. They come out, it's very coincidental, they come out on Saturday and they basically crush Seattle, have their best game of the year after they basically know that Woody's done. Yeah, I just, 
like you have to say McDavid and Dreisaitl are coach killers. Like there's no argument against it, but I don't know why, because he seemed like a bright mind. He seemed like yep. everybody wanted to play for him. And maybe like the fact that you don't bench Dreisaitl McDavid or, or somebody on the team when, or Bouchard, when they don't show effort, when, it's not a skilled play that they had to make. They just made had to make an effort play yeah. to stop a goal. You don't bench them. Maybe they just don't care. Maybe they just don't care because the coach didn't do that. So who cares? We can talk about it after the game, but it doesn't really matter. And I, Is Chris Knobloch going to do that? I really doubt it. A rookie head coach that like got passed over twice in New York for their head coaching. And what did they do? They hired two veteran coaches so that their team could take the next step. New York has taken the next step twice now. Yeah. With both of those coaches. And Edmonton, who's wanting to take a step, hires a rookie head coach who, in the minors, made it to the second round once, and that was last year. Yeah, he's, he's had so, some success at the junior level, right? As we were talking about this earlier. He won. And he did. Yeah, he won one he WHL with, title. Even without McDavID. Yep, and one And he OHL won title. in the OHL without McDavid. Yeah. So, I mean, he didn't win, like, with McDavid. So, I mean, there's that. But (laughs) I just, like, this is Jeff Jackson, I think, trying to put his people in place. Yeah. But it just, it looks pathetic. Like, it just looks like a mess. Agreed. And, like, the only thing that they can do now is they have to win. They have to win. Yeah, they have to. Otherwise, they just look like complete idiots. But the Paul Coffey thing, it absolutely drives me nuts. There's no reason for him to, like, when they call him a skills coach, he wasn't a skills coach. He was the owner's best friend who was trying to yeah. be around. He has no coaching experience. So if you're worried about your your D play, you go from talking about, and everybody said this, how Dave Manson is, like, the D whisperer. And you go from that to Paul Coffey. Yeah. Like who has no experience coaching a team and is somehow going to make this team that can't play defense, play defense. No. When Coffey played in in an era and is the type of player who also didn't play defense. Yep. (laughs) I like, no, it's bad. It's bad. It's bad. Like, yeah, it doesn't look good. I just don't like the only option is to win. Otherwise, everybody yeah. looks stupid. But then they're starting from scratch. If they can't win, like I, I said earlier when you weren't on, the next step is then you just you fire Holland. And I know we've talked, but it doesn't really make a ton of sense midseason, but what else do you have to do? Like at that point, it's it's bringing a fresh set of eyes before the season is completely torched and, and hope that somebody can come in and make some meaningful changes. Because I don't like, and you're probably right, Tyler. Holland's already fired. Yes. Holland's already fired. But then who's pulling the strings and who's not making any changes? Because they said today... I think Friedman had mentioned it. There's a couple of uh, media guys that said the Oilers looked around the league this this week and they couldn't find any reasonable trades. Well, we're past the point of reasonable. You need to you need to overspend and just bring in somebody, a goaltender that can actually stop some pucks. Skinner looked good last night, but are we going to make it? No, I don't think you can do that. Like you can't do that. If like with the stats that they're last and expected like saves, your hope is that. You get this bump, you play like you did against Seattle, mm-hmm. 
and you limit slot chances and then goaltending already looks better. Like if you go out and you make a desperation trade that you're going to lose and there's no real goalie out there that you could fit in this cap, you go, say you make it work somehow and the team continues to play no defense, that goalie is also going to look horrendous. Agreed. And then... Then what? So maybe what do you do? So now? maybe it doesn't have to be a goaltender, Tyler. But what about our D? Like, why can't why can't we move CC? I know you you have to overpay to move that player, but like, you can't you can't make any trades right now. Like, you can't do that. You have to like stabilize things and settle it down. Go get to five hundred by Christmas time, and then then tweak. Because at least that at that point you're not necessarily dealing from. A position of where weakness. everybody knows that you, yeah, yeah, position of weakness where you know everybody else knows that you need to do something. That that's the only thing that they can do, and hopefully it happens. And at least by Christmas too, you'll at Christmas or the beginning of January, you're going to have a pretty good idea of what teams are in the playoffs and what teams are out of the playoffs. So the ones that are out may more be more inclined to sell off some stuff for and just plan for next year as opposed to right now where. Literally everybody except for basically, well, everybody. Because if the Oilers are still in mix, everybody else can still be in the mix. I guess maybe San Jose, but nobody wants any of those players anyway. So, And it's really out of respect for what Ken Holland has done in the past that they aren't Canning firing him today too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the only reason. Like he, You can tell at that press conference, like he answers half a question the wrong way and then hands it over to Jeff Jackson who says the exact opposite and looks like a complete liar now. And then cuts someone off to say something else and then kicks it back out again. Well, and Paul Coffey and his like opening answer where he's like, Oh yeah, they asked me like last week, like, Hey, do you want to coach again or ever? Since yeah, I never have really. Yikes. And he's like, Oh no, not really. But then like I talked to my wife on like Thursday or whatever so they are already like <laughs> it was already happening, but then Ken Holland. Oh yeah, I talked to the players and Jeff Jackson. None of the players were talked to about this. Like, oh, okay, guys. <laughs> Good thing you you guys sat down and came up with some sort of game plan. Actually, spoke the, to each like, other. You yeah. had to know that these questions were going to be asked. Yeah. Yeah, you would think it was brutal. It was just absolutely brutal. Dysfunctional. Yeah. <laughs> and the only thing that they can do. To, for people to forget about how dysfunctional this is, is they have to win. Like, they have to make it to the Western Conference Final. They have to make it to the Cup, cup Final. They have to do that. Otherwise, they are, like, it is going to be, everybody is going to talk about it. Well, I think everybody's going to talk about it anyway. I think they will for a couple of weeks. But if the Oilers start winning, they're not going to talk about it. It'll be a hell of a That's story. True. It'll be a hell of a story late June if the Oilers win the Cup. I have, I have very, very little expectation of that actually occurring, but it makes for a good story, right? This is it just The St. Louis Blues are the most recent example. It's going to be a great story because if the Oilers make the playoffs, well, great. It's, it's a reset. They get a chance to win the Cup. If they don't make the playoffs, the dumpster fire goes from simmering to, like, you might as well have throw all the oil in Edmonton and Alberta on top of it because if the Oilers don't make the playoffs, there is going to be lots of fire in Edmonton. Oh, they're they're not performing surgery with a scalpel at that point. They're 
you know, it's it's no. it's with a, a chainsaw basically. So, um, but I, I was really reminded how much we miss Adam Larson as they played Seattle last night, right? Like, like you look at what happened in that decor, and if you just were able to hold on to Adam Larson, it kills me that player didn't want to stay here. Um, yeah. But man, like, could you imagine having Adam Larson right now and not Cody Cece? Totally different. Yeah. <laughs> totally different team. Yeah. Like, just steady, mean. Mean, yeah. Durable. Yep. Great cap hit. Can defend. <laughs> Can jump up in the rush. Yeah. Even. Like, he, that one that Skinner stopped there that he had yeah. no business stopping. <laughs> like, what's Larson even doing? That? We don't, like, maybe Ekholm might jump up like that. Maybe. Yeah. So, I mean, like, to Ken Holland's credit, and he said it a couple times, he basically lost his second pairing on his D, right? Like, when you when Clefbaum with his shoulder issue and then Larson deciding to leave to free agency, yeah. that's a big hole to fill, and that set the Oilers back for sure. Yeah, a little bit, but, I mean, lots of – that stuff happens to lots of teams. Uh, for, I'm not out. giving him a pass. And they also don't have McDavid and Dreisaitl. Fair enough. So. Fair enough. But I'm just saying, like, that to me as a fan, someone watching the team, like, it's made a, a big impact, and, and they need to fix it, but – would they be in a completely? They would have already won by now if they had Clefbaum and Larson. Could you imagine? Yeah, for sure. At, especially at their cap numbers. Great cap numbers. So if you if you had those two players, yeah. Bouchard, Neckholm, and Nurse, and then you're talking about Kulak as your sixth defenseman. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. It's a nice defense. And then Deharnay nice can play when he needs to, right? Like he's your seventh or eighth defenseman, yeah. or just not at all, or not at all. But it's just like he's not expected to play big minutes at all so yeah it's it's tough but anyway we we've we've been griping about the oilers for feels like the past <laughs> two weeks here um but i on half the podcast two, and half the podcast <laughs> yeah but tyler I, I wanted to get your 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 feeling on the whole thing because we we had talked about it during john's list so um i had lots of feelings i yeah these aren't even half of them no i know but <laughs> i gotta shower and i gotta eat yep so it's it's we'll just leave it at that yeah that seems like a good place bruce right. to leave it off what do you think <laughs> we'll end it there. So sounds good. Uh, you can find us on uh, Twitter or X at the Fantasy FHH Hacks and on Instagram at Fantasy Hockey Hacks. Also, don't forget we have a live show, Hacks Hangout, every Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Mountain Time on Edmonton Sports Talk and on YouTube, youtube.com slash heavy hockey. So thanks for everyone. Have a good evening. Bye, Felicia. Oh, God. See you guys. <laughs> Take care. <laughs>